Chapter Twelve of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twelve. Colonel Kip. As soon as I had swallowed supper, I hastened to place myself en rapport with the landlord of the hostelry, whose name I had ascertained to be Kip, or Colonel Kip, as his guests called him. Though I had no intention of proceeding farther that night, I was desirous of obtaining some information about the whereabouts of my new estate, with such other facts in relation to it as might be collected in Swampville. The landlord would be the most likely person to give me the desired intelligence this distinguished individual i encountered soon after in the veranda seated upon a rawhide rocking-chair with his feet elevated some six inches above the level of his nose and resting across the balustrade of the railing beyond which his huge horse-skin boots protruded a full half-yard into the street but that i had been already made aware of the fact i should have had some difficulty in reconciling the portentous title of colonel with the exceedingly unmilitary-looking personage before me a tall lopsided tobacco-chewer who at short intervals of about half a minute each projected the juice in copious squirts into the street sending it clean over the toes of his boots when i first set eyes upon the colonel he was in the centre of a circle of toothpickers who had just issued from the supper-room these were falling off one by one and noticing their defection i waited for an opportunity to speak to the colonel alone this after a short time offered itself the dignified gentleman took not the slightest notice of me as i approached nor until i had got so near as to leave no doubt upon his mind that a conversation was intended then edging slightly round and drawing in the boots he made a half face towards me still however keeping fast to his chair the army sir i presume interrogatively began mr kipp no answered i imitating his laconism of speech no i have been in the service i have just left it oh ah from mexico then i presume yes business in swampville why yes mr kipp i am usually called colonel here interrupted the backwoods militario with a bland smile as if half deprecating the title and that it was forced upon him of course he continued you sir being a stranger i beg your pardon colonel kipp i am a stranger to your city and of course don't signify i don't sir interrupted he rather good-humouredly in return for the show of deference i had made and also perhaps for my politeness in having styled swampville a city business in swampville you say yes i replied and seeing it upon his lips to inquire the nature of my business which i did not wish to make known just then i forestalled him by the question do you chance to know such a place as holt's clearing chance to know such a place as holt's clearing yes holt's clearing well there air such a place is it distant if you mean hick holt's clearing it's a leetle better'n six miles from here he squats on mud creek there's a squatter upon it then on holt's clearing well i should rather say there air a squatter on't and no mistake his name is holt is it not that same individual do you think i could procure a guide in swampville someone who could show me the way to holt's clearing do i think so possible you might 
do you see that ar case in the coon cat the speaker looked rather than pointed to the young fellow of the buckskin shirt who outside the veranda was now standing by the side of a very sorry-looking steed i replied in the affirmative well i reckon he can show you the way to holt's clearin he's another of them mud creek squatters he's just catchin up to his credit to go that way this i hailed as a fortunate circumstance if the young hunter lived near the clearing i was in search of perhaps he could give me all the information i required and his frank open countenance led me to believe that he would not withhold it it occurred to me therefore to make a slight change in my programme it was yet early for supper in the backwoods is what is elsewhere known as tea the sun was still an hour or so above the horizon my horse had made a light journey and nine miles more would be nothing to him all at once then i altered my intention of sleeping at the hotel and determined if the young hunter would accept me as a travelling companion to proceed along with him to mud creek whether i should find a bed there never entered into my calculation i had my great-sleeved coat strapped upon the cantle of my saddle and with that for covering and the saddle itself for a pillow i had made shift on many a night more tempestuous than that promised to be i was about turning away to speak to the young man when i was recalled by an exclamation from the landlord i guess said he in a half-bantering way you hain't told me your business yet no i answered deferentially i have not what on air's taken you to holt's clarin that mr kipp i beg your pardon colonel kipp is a private matter private and particular eh very oh then i guess you'd better keep it to yourself that is precisely my intention i rejoined turning on my heel and stepping out of the veranda the young hunter was just buckling the girth of his saddle as i approached him i saw that he was smiling he had overheard the concluding part of the conversation and looked as if pleased at the way in which i had bantered the colonel who as i afterwards learnt from him was the grand swaggerer of swampville a word was sufficient he at once acceded to my request frankly if not in the most elegant phraseology i'd be pleased to show you the way to holt's clarin my own road goes just that way to within a squad jump of it thank you i shall not keep you waiting i re-entered the hotel to pay for my entertainment and give orders for the saddle of my horse it was evident that i had offended the landlord by my brusque behaviour i ascertained this by the amount of my bill as well as by the fact of being permitted to saddle for myself even the naked nigger did not make his appearance at the stable not much cared i i had drawn the girth too often to be disconcerted by such petty annoyance and in five minutes after i was in the saddle and ready for the road having joined my companion in the street we rode off from the inhospitable caravanserai of the jackson hotel leaving its warlike landlord to chew his tobacco and such reflections as my remarks had given rise to End of chapter 12